from the NLRPD to KTHV to behind the microphone. It's Scott Romine with Guatney Unplugged. Hi, welcome to Guatney Unplugged. I'm your host, Scott Romine. Very excited about our first guest this uh, Saturday. I've looked up to this guy forever, and uh, he's a hero of mine, and he has taught me many, many things over the years. Don Williams is a motorcycle officer in Little Rock since the 80s. How are you, Don? I'm great, Scott. It's good to see you. You started way back in like 87. I start, uh, uh, yeah, I think I started in March of 87 on Motorcycle Squad. Before that, what... Uh, What's what's the first motorcycle you ever remember riding? Oh, good Lord. I had a, a 90 Suzuki when I was a kid, and then uh, I upgraded to a Yamaha 360 Enduro, and we rode that thing all over Little Rock. I grew up in downtown Little Rock, and it was so much fun riding, that, riding, riding them motorcycles around. And uh, I never, ever imagined that I'd be riding a motorcycle for the city of Little Rock as a policeman. Isn't it a dream, though? I mean, when you love motorcycles, to get paid to ride a motorcycle. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's a miracle. You, know? you never thought you would do it. So it's, what, uh, what's interesting to me about when you do it, it's, it's, it's different than what you expected. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, there's so much more to ride a motorcycle that you can pick up from the other officers and stuff that you would never get exposed to go buy you a little Honda and ride around town. You would never learn it. No, you're right. I tell you, and I teach the guys a lot. I'm, I'm probably the head instructor over there. I've been training motorcycle guys for years. And one of the first things I tell them is, working off of a motorcycle is totally different than just riding one around on the street and you see these guys that ride for years and want to come over and learn how to ride or learn how to get on or get on the squad and and they said man you won't have to teach me i know everything already yeah that's no there ain't no way and i always have a little chuckle on the inside because it's funny after the first three minutes they're going scratching their head going what in the world i got into yeah, because the things that, that you guys routinely do are, don't even start to get addressed in your little motorcycle safety civilian course. No, no. we uh, I do, I quit doing the civilian course. I did them for probably 10 years for Harley. It's got to where I was just too busy. And I, I just mainly do policemen now. But you just if you show some of the civilians some of the stuff they do or that we do, they just they can't imagine it. They, it's, it's, they can't comprehend it. It's just too much for them because they, they don't think your motorcycle can do that. That's right. They don't believe that like a gold wing will turn around in an eighteen foot circle. Right, but it will. It will. Yeah, I've done it. And that gold wing is probably nine foot long. Yeah, oh yeah, but it yeah. will basically turn on itself. Oh yeah, it will. You know, but people don't have a concept of that. No, they don't. And then just like slow riding, one of the hardest things to do. Anybody can go fast. You can get That's on true. a motorcycle and grip it and grit your teeth and go fast as you want to go. But going slow under control is a whole new ball game. Were you the first police instructor in Arkansas? I was the very first one, yes. And that school, I was very fortunate years later to get to go to that school. That's an eye-opener as well. Man, I tell you, I've been on the motorcycle squad probably 11 years when I went to that school, riding every day with guys that were, had been down here for 20-plus years riding and thought I knew everything till I got down there. And I always tell people on motorcycles, one of the first things I tell them is, no matter how old you are, if you don't think you can learn, you need to get off that motorcycle. You can learn something new every single day. Scott, I'm almost 60 years old, and I still learn stuff every single day from these guys out here that are doing stuff. I got instructors all over the country that are friends of mine, and we talk back and forth, and we're always coming up with stuff new. Like right now, I'm working on a, a first responder uh, scenario for motorcycles because if we ever have like a school shooting, Mm-hmm. first thing's going to happen, the roads are going to be uh, gridlocked. Who's going to oh, be yeah. the first people there? They're going to get their kids. Yeah, and the first 
police officers are going to be able to get there if it's not school resource. If they're not there, it's going to be motorcycle guys because we're cutting through the we're cutting through their yards and going off right. road and everything else. And I'm working on something right there right now to start training our guys with on. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good class that I'm fixing to put on, along with our combat class that I teach. That's very forward thinking, very smart. Yeah, I've always heard a story about you that when you went to instructor school, obviously you did extremely well. That you did some kind of a gag at a police motorcycle rodeo or something where you were pulled out of a crowd. Yeah, we was doing a deal, and they were short one guy, and they pulled me, up and they asked they asked if anybody could just fill in, and I I said. Yeah, I'll, I'll fill in. Of course, me with my southern accent and Florida, they all laughing and stuff. And and we go down there and we pretty much cleaned house. And they were all they all knew it was a ringer and and uh, <laughs> weren't happy with us at that point. So we lucky we got out of town with our skin. There was a guy that trained you that that it was at the school I went to. I think the guy's name is Poland. Yeah, Jim Poland. He's he's phenomenal. And my understanding is rules for those competitions was changed because of this guy. Yes, yes, he's uh, he's one of the best I've ever seen. He uh, he's done a lot of stuff. He he had the same background that I had. We former former SWAT guys, and me and him have talked back and forth about different uh, combat situations on motorcycles, how we use them for cover. But, you know, when you're in a car, especially doing police work, you got a lot of a lot of area to protect you. You're on a motorcycle, you don't have a lot of cover. No. So we've come up with some different things that's really worked well, and I still teach them to our guys. But that guy knows his business probably as good as anybody in the country as far as working off a motorcycle for police officers. Could he not, and I never could do it, but couldn't he sit still with the kickstand up? Oh, yeah. And yeah. so the rules of the competition were changed that the wheels have had to be to keep turning. Mo- had to keep moving. Yeah, he could <laughs> set that thing still and, and not move it for a couple minutes. This is like a ninja yeah. <laughs> or something. Uh, let me ask you this, true or false, because I think I know the answer here, just from experience of riding with you. A motorcycle cop can tell if a civilian knows how to ride just by how he's sitting at a red light. Most of the time, yeah. And uh, one of the things I look for is watching them get on and off a motorcycle. Most yep. people don't know how to get on a motorcycle. They get on a motorcycle because the United States of America was built on the back of a horse, and they get on a motorcycle from the left side. And the reason people get on a horse from the left side is because back in the old days, everybody was trained to fight with a sword. And they had these long swords. That they were all right taught to fight right-handed. These long swords that hung down the ground. Well, you couldn't get on a, a horse from the left side. So you had to go to the right side or the left side to get on the, on the horse to keep your sword out of the way. So that's kind of transferred over to motorcycles. Really? Yeah. So motorcycles are designed to get on from the right side. If you look, your kickstand's on the left side. Kickstand uh, is the spring is is uh, loaded, so when it goes down, it stays down. But if you kick it and you don't get it all the way down, you know it's happened to you. I'm sure. Oh yeah. It bounces back up, and you go get off of it, and the motorcycle falls. It don't take a lot of pressure to break your knee joint. So we always teach people to get off on the right side, step away from the motorcycle. If it falls, it falls away from you. It doesn't hurt you. And that's the traffic side. That's, that's yeah, it falls if you're on the, the traffic side, of the road. side and you're away from the traffic when you step away from it. And especially being a police officer, you get that motorcycle between you and the suspect. I always so, figure it's just the, the kind of the laziness factor. It's the low side. It's easier to get on from the low side. Well, it is. And a lot of guys, there's a lot of shorter people. And we're getting a lot of big influx of women that get into motorcycles. It's really kind of cool. It's been exciting for me to, to watch them grow and how they ride. I trained a uh, or helped train a female uh, trooper out of Florida, little bitty, 105 pounds, maybe one of the best riders I've ever seen. Her only problem was picking the motorcycle up, 
we had our first female motorcycle up here, Alicia Raymer, great person. And she uh, was a good rider, but the wear and tear of riding this thing, we ride every day. Sure. You know, every day. And the wear and tear of riding a motorcycle like that is just hard on, on her like that. And But she's a phenomenal motorcycle rider for for anybody, male or female. And uh, she can teach you some stuff. She, she's since went to training and learned how and training some of the kids out there. I know there's a out. method to picking it up where you basically back into, you're sitting in the seat and picking yeah, it that's, up that that's, way. That's one of the deals. There's two ways that I teach. One is putting your rear end in the seat, grabbing underneath the tank, and then backing up with it. But depending on what side it falls on, if it falls where your kickstand's down on the ground, you just got to be careful when you stand it up. If it falls where your kickstand's facing up in the air, obviously walk around the motorcycle, <laughs> yeah. put the kickstand down so when it falls over, it doesn't fall back over, and then you got to pick it up twice. It's going to fall eventually. It's going to fall. It's got and What's two the wheels. old rule? If you ride a motorcycle, it's not when you're going to put it down. It's just, it's, it's just it's when. when. It's not if. It, yeah, it's not if. It's when. You're going to put it down. And I always tell them if the amount of training you have is how you do it is – whether you're going to get hurt or not, you know, you're going to get skinned up and bruised up, but it's just part of the, part of the job. Training and the clothes, the equipment and the boots and all that, it makes a heck of a difference. Oh yeah. I mean, everybody, you know, makes comments about our boots and our leather jackets and all that, but that's, that's a big safety factor for us. Oh yeah. Your first bike was not a Harley. No. When uh, I came to the motorcycle squad, they were transitioning out of Kawasaki's to uh, the Harley Davidson's. And uh, my first one was a KZ 1000. Uh, the chips bike. Yeah. Like to ride on chips. And I was the only one motorcycle squad that rode it, but I didn't care at that time. I was just glad to be over there. You know, I was a young guy, 27 years old, youngest guy on the motorcycle squad. And uh, now I'm probably the oldest guy over there. It's kind of interesting, Don, like the different designs of bikes. Like that bike you mentioned is very fast. Oh, it's extremely fast. Good brakes, but extremely top heavy. And, uh, but you've rode other bikes. I know there was a department that came up and trained with you with Moda Guzzi's at one time. Yeah, I trained, uh, I think it was El Dorado. They had a Moda Guzzi and, uh, I think they had a Kawasaki also. And, uh, we worked on those guys for a long time. The bikes just were difficult to ride in the situation that we ride them in, but they came around and we figured out how to get them through it, had to change some stuff up and it, it worked out good for those guys. The Harley is pretty much a stock bike or is it not i mean performance wise yeah it is we change uh the charging system and put a little better oil cooler on them but far as anything else you know we put a little better air system on but it as far as bigger pistons and bigger cams we don't do any of that it's just a stock motorcycle it's just stock i remember back around 2000 north little rock got bikes state police got by there seemed to be a boom what do you think sparked that and then it just kind of went away well for an apartment you can put a man on a motorcycle for a tenth of the price you can put him in a car, and he can do two times the work. You can get out there and get around in traffic and get to stuff, and it, it just it, for a financial view, it's just a it's a smart move for a for a city. Sure, you can put a guy out there and get him rolling for half the price. You know, just a stock police car with nothing on it, no lights or anything, easy thirty thousand dollars. Oh yeah, and we're spending twelve to fourteen on a motorcycle. So, and then the good thing about the motorcycle, when we get ready to sell it, especially Harley-Davidson, we're getting ten to 12000 for it when we sell it four years later. Yeah, good investment. And you're getting $400 out of a car when you sell it at auction. <laughs> if that. If that, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, you're not losing any money putting a man on a motorcycle. You're gaining. Tell us about escorts, because I know this is the most dangerous part of it. And I was so fortunate to ride with you about four years, and we did a lot of president stuff. And what's the most hectic one you remember? The worst ones I ever remember before we started uh, controlling them was the Toy for Tots run every year. 
Really? Yes, those guys would get out there early, and they'd come in on their personal bikes, and I'd have a talk with them, and I'd tell them, look, we're going to be passing on the left. We're going to be coming at a high rate of speed. None of the intersections were controlled. Yeah, this so, is a problem. Yeah, and we only had six guys back then. So you hit university on a long straight stretch, you got 600 motorcycles that you got to get from the back to the front. You're flying along pretty good to get to the front to catch the next intersection so that the parade doesn't stop. And uh, there's been a couple of years, that time of year, sleeted and snowed on us, freezing rain, I remember that. Oh. And you get up to the front, you're flying by the time you get to the front of that thing, and then you got to instantly stop to catch an intersection. And those and all the people that you're escorting, they've never been in those before. And like I had one guy, I was coming up Asher University, and I know when I come through Asher University, I was I was really getting it. <laughs> and I looked up, and there's a gas station on the left. I guess he decided he wanted to get gas, so he turned out of the parade, oh. left right in front of me, and I don't know how I didn't hit him. Convenient. It, I just luck. And he got out of the way, and and I thought, man, this has got to change. And we started after that. We started controlling intersections, bringing more officers in, and just stopping all the traffic on the intersection and get them through because it was a matter of time somebody got hurt. So we do that even on presidential escorts, and we were fortunate enough to have a president here in Little Rock that was here for two terms, and, man, we got a lot of training with him in here, and uh, we got to train with a lot of federal agencies and, and do a lot of stuff that we probably normally wouldn't have got to do. And we're known throughout the country as one have, having one of the best escort teams in the country. Secret Service comes in here, and they know that they can they just give us a route, and we take it, and we move with it, and, and they know that we've got senior guys over here, and when they – if they want to change it the drop of a hat, we change. So it's we've been fortunate to have some good guys, and the good thing is we don't have a lot of turnover. And we've got guys that's been on the motorcycle squad 20-plus years, and uh, more than one, four, five, six of us. But the thing is, that, you know, in the next five to six years, these guys are starting to retire. Right. And I've had talks with our supervisors and our chain of command, and they know it, and I'm I'm looking to bring some new new guys in, some young guys, and get them trained before I leave. And and let them learn some of this stuff because I don't want anybody getting hurt. That's my worst nightmare, somebody getting hurt over here. And if I can get these guys trained up before I leave and get them to the peak efficiency that I can get them to, I'll feel good about leaving. How often do you get the chance to train? I know you guys are busy so much doing events and, you know, parades. We train every month, every single month, at least two days. And – when we went to an accredited apartment, that was one of the things that we had to guarantee that we'd do. That's why I got to go to school to learn, to get certified to be an instructor. And uh, before that, we had no formal training or anything like that. I brought this stuff back to Arkansas and the schools in, in Florida. And uh, when I brought it up here, nobody had ever seen it. They didn't know what it was, and they didn't like it. It took a couple of years to get these guys on board to where they, some of the younger guys jumped right in it and liked it. You North Little Rock guys, when I brought y'all over, y'all oh. were fantastic. But y'all know, y'all was, didn't know a lot. It was brutal. We didn't know anything, but yeah. we had so much. I mean, to be a motor officer is not a policeman that has an interest in motorcycles. Yeah. It is a policeman that is so dedicated. It is not for a fair weather rider. No, it's not. And, you know, the guys that I get over here, I, you know, we interview them and we tell them, you know, look, this isn't just, you're not going to get on the thing and ride the hot springs and have fun. We're out here. No. We're going to work and we're going to do our jobs and we're going to go home at the end of the day and we're going to do the best of our, do it to the best of our ability. I always thought, you know, watching guys like you and Gormley and Hastings, it was such a testament that my mom was wrong. Because, you know, when you're a teenager and you get that first motorcycle or whatever, your mom is convinced you're going to get killed on that motorcycle. 
and it's the worst thing that ever happened, and she's crying. I mean, I've seen all this. But you guys have ridden every day in the city for 40 years, and you're okay. Well, I mean, you don't want to jinx us, but... Do you we've know what lu- I mean? We've been I lucky, mean, yeah. We and uh, we've ha- we've had some wrecks. I've had a couple wrecks. But oh, sure. A few it's people. gonna it's happen. It's gonna happen. It's you know, it's a motorcycle. It's gonna get hit. But uh, we've been blessed. We really have, and and we've probably had fewer accidents than any squad. It's the our training size around, and it's the training. We train a lot. We do train a lot. We get some good riders, and uh, we will get some senior men that really take pride in what they do, and that's that's what you got to have. What's the hardest, Don? Is it for you? Is it the summer or the winter? I hate winter. I absolutely hate winter. I, do I can too. deal with the heat. I, I bought can't. the electric suit, you know, where you plug. I cheated, you yeah. know. I mean, I'd plug into the bike, and I'm wearing a toaster, basically. Oh yeah. But uh, you know, I mean, you can you can handle it. But what's funny is when you go to that instructor school in Florida, they think if it's 45 degrees, they're going to die. Oh, I know. I was down there, and I had some <laughs> of my I, I had some of my winter gear when I went down. I went in March. And up here in March, it's still cool, you know. So uh, I had some of my winter gear still on my bike when I got down there, and those guys were begging to buy it from me. They'd never even seen it. They can't even buy it down there. Really? Oh, yeah. And I shipped them a bunch of stuff later when I got back, you know, and stuff. They just, they just couldn't believe the stuff that we wore up here. You know, I always think the biggest detriment, you know, to a motor unit is when guys decide, when you got somebody on the unit that decides, I want to get in the car, it's cold. Yeah. That's the downfall. That is. That's the downfall. And I tell you, I, I told my doctor this other day I went in for a checkup. And I, I told him, and he said, why don't you, you know, you're getting older, why don't you think about getting in a car? I said, you know, I can get in a car for three days and I've got the flu. I stay on that motorcycle, I'm out in that weather every day, I never get sick, ever. I've been here 35 years and never taken a sick day. Yeah. I mean, my deal was, I, I remember uh, being in the captain's office one time and one of the guys was complaining that it was, it was hot. It was it was ninety something degrees, and he needed to get in a car with AC and da 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 da. And, and they said, "Roman, what do you think?" And I said, "Captain, did you get your mail today?" The postman's out in it. Yeah, he's exactly. walking. If it's seventeen or it's ninety eight, and I can do the same on that motorcycle. Exactly. No concept of, you know. Oh yeah, we we got some stuff we we harass each other about. You know, if you ca- if we catch a guy in a car. It better, be, uh, it better be bad outside. It, be, it better be pouring <laughs> down rain. You can't see the road. It better be like Katrina. Because yeah. you guys are basically the football jocks from high school. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, you really are. Yeah, yeah. and you got to be athletic to be over there. And, and you know, I know that it's it's a tough job, and, and but we harass each other more than anybody else and about riding and not riding. And it's, uh, it's pretty tough you catch a guy that doesn't come in. Uh, and he comes in in his truck or his car one day, and he he, he now, only won't come to office. I wouldn't do that. No, there's no. I would. You would never live it down. Oh no, no. I remember that your nickname used to, used to say Don is uh, a monkey in an F sixteen, <laughs> 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 which is you know watching you ride and and God, I just wanted to emulate everything you knew how to do because people that have not seen it have no concept what you can do on a motorcycle. Yes, yeah, it's uh, it's, uh, it's been a blessing. I, you know, of course I. I grew up athletic, played high school and college football, and you know when I got through playing football, looking for something that I could, you know, I could do that brought you that thrill. And, and when I got the police department, which I never had any idea I was going to be a policeman, it just kind of come to me one day. And uh, of course, I grew up in downtown Little Rock, been in Little Rock my whole life. You know, this is my home. And uh, I seen a motorcycle cop one day, and I said, "You know what? That's, That's what I need to do." Oh yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, I got on the SWAT team first thing right off the bat. And then the, what was lucky, I guess I was blessed. The SWAT sergeant was also the motorcycle sergeant. And at that time, my wife was pregnant, and uh, she was working the front desk with my first son. And uh SWAT sergeant came up to my wife and said, does he know how to ride a motorcycle? And she just looked at him and said, he rides all the time. And Everything yeah. happens for a and reason. Then, yeah. And then after that, you know, next thing you know, they're reading out a letter and line up, and I got transferred to motorcycle squad, and it's been it's been a blessing ever since, you know. That's awesome. Hey, thanks for coming on. We just ran out of time, but uh, Don Williams, Little Rock Motorcycle Squad, and appreciate you coming over here and spending some time with us, big time. Man, I appreciate it. Thank, Thank you, you so much. We'll be right back here on Guatney Unplugged.